All men are created equal, but they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights. Fight, liberty, and the If liberty means anything at all, it means the right to tell people what they do not want to hear. Make America great again. The Big Mick. Welcome back to The Big Mig Show. I am your host, Lance Meliacho, with my co-host, George Ballantine, ever vigilant, grinding away, doing what he does. I got to say, I really appreciate the people that watch our show, the subscribers the uh, and the viewers, and obviously the listeners now, since we're on all those podcast platforms, those audio platforms. I just want to say thanks. Without you guys, the show wouldn't, it would just be George and I talking to each other. We've said this before. Well, we do Lance. that already. Let's correct something right there. Be Lance doing a lot of the talking most uh, of the time. Yeah, George's. I got to throw that in there, bro. We're going to keep it real. We, we, this is all about being if you can't real true. Cheap shot. If you can't take a cheap shot, you can't take any shot at all. Hold on. <laughs> Wait a minute. You said cheap shot. There we go. Fire. Yeah. Shots fired. So we just want to thank you guys because we appreciate our audience. We appreciate the comments, the likes, the thumbs up, and everything else you do for us to expand our show. Um. <clears throat> And also our sponsors. I got to say, seaofmud.com, Patriotic Apparel for the whole family. We appreciate uh, the ownership. They really uh, have gone out of their way to embrace our show. They never try to restrict our voices. We've had other sponsors come at us and try to tell us what we're not supposed to talk about for some sizable amounts, I'd actually have to say. But at the end of the day, that's not what our show is about. Of course, as you guys know, that's not what we do. Also, home of the Big Mig Swag. Got to love it. And, of course, Beard Vet Coffee, beardvet.com and Beard Vet Tactical. You can buy your ammunition. You can get a set of Courage. You can get the 12-ounce for $12.99. These guys really have their, their, uh, 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 their roasting system down. They have great coffee. I'm drinking some now. I appreciate those guys also. If you're not following these guys on social media, you should, at Sea of Mud Apparel and, of course, Beard Vet and Beard Vet Coffee. I believe it's beard vet, beard underscore vet on X. You can find both in there. So as you guys know, we're the tip of the spear. If liberty means anything at all, it means the right to tell people what they do not want to hear. Every single show, you know that's what we're going to do. Tonight's guest will not be any different. Our plan is to unify the country through education. What's that education means? We're going to tell you the truth, unlike other forms of media or mainstream media. We're going to bring the facts, the receipts, we're going to bring the right guests, and we're going to try to open up your mind and your heart. And obviously, through that process, we want you to take our content and share it all over the Internet. As you guys know, uh, the Big Mig has gone global. We're now on 20 languages on YouTube, 20 languages on Rumble, and we're on multiple platforms around the globe. That's video and audio platforms. So if you have friends in other countries, you can tell them to find us on any one of the audio cast platforms, including we just got approved on Ghana which is a massive platform in India. Crazy. Million, hundreds and hundreds of millions of downloads a month. So um, anyway, uh, tonight we've got a special guest. Her name is Terry <laughs> Sloan. And I want you to throw up the thumbnail real quick, George. I think this is a great shot of her. She's got the AR pistol there. I got I to interject here. 
Yes, sir. Who does not like a nice hot pair of stilettos and a, and a shotgun or any gun? Seriously, like, come on. Well, we've seen My. lots of social media accounts blow up, whether they're on Instagram or otherwise. Uh, I'm not sure our content can compete with that. It's not easy to compete with those two titles. Obviously, if you're a straight male, maybe the trans males wouldn't pay any attention. But the straight males obviously love attractive women and guns. And trucks. <laughs> we like our trucks, too. So, listen, Carrie wait, Sloan. And a fire, in, wait, you got to add a fiery redhead to boot. You know, it just has more flavor to it. You got to remember that. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, here's the deal. Uh, the, the big thing about Carrie, she's a domestic violence survivor, which I think is great. And she's an advocate for the rights of domestic violence victims. Uh, she's obviously very 2A. Uh, she's been watching the gun laws be passed across the United States which jeopardize women's safety, and she's fighting against that. Uh, she created a We the Female Human Rights to Self-Defense, uh, and I, I wanted to talk about that. We're going to get a chance to share that. And we're going to have her give you some insights on everything from situational awareness, personal protection, uh, de-escalation, and maybe the telltale signs of what to look for. We're also going to have a discussion about one of my least favorite people currently. It would have to be Jeannie Carroll. I, I'm not... I just don't believe what the courts have handed down for that case. Some of her early interviews and some of her behavior seem erratic. I mean, she has a cat named Vagina. Huh? I'm not sure that anybody would name their cat Vagina besides her. Seems odd. It's kind of disgusting in my end. It would be like me naming one of my dogs Dick and Balls. Doesn't seem to make a lot of sense. It's not something I would do. I don't know that any pet lover would do that but again i guess uh, that's uh, that's her prerogative she does have a right to freedom of speech i'm just not sure that i'm buying the whole scenario that went down with donald trump so be, in addition to bringing awareness and prevention of domestic violence carrie's education of women is one of the things i want to touch on tonight because we want to give something back to our female listeners i think she can really provide the other side of this <clears throat> george let's bring her in she's backstage there's no reason to make her wait any longer all right hold on i'm bringing her Welcome to the Big Make Show, smiling Carrie Sloan. How you doing? Carrie, thank you for joining us. Wait, is she muted? You're muted. <gasps> Are you? We can't hear you. No, I'm not muted. muted. Oh, there you she's, go. I'm not muted. Just, just she was just up. pausing. She was um, giving us professional pause. Go uh, ahead, Carrie. <laughs> thank you. I was, I was getting ready. I was getting ready. Um, thanks for having me, and thanks for putting up with my technical difficulties. I live in a very old house that we're remodeling, and... Um, couple of the breakers went out and you can't just run down to the to the hardware store and buy them so thanks for thanks for putting up with my <laughs> not an issue it was great that you came in early because that's one of the things we try to handle when we're in early some people don't they come in last minute it makes it that much more trickier i grew up in a house with fuses not breakers so i i i feel your pain the fuse thing was always tricky because if you ran out of the fuses you had to go down and grab some George is pretty familiar with that. He's dealt with a lot of stuff for his family with houses back east and businesses. So he's he's pretty savvy when it comes to that. It's too bad he's not local to you guys. He'd probably give you a hand if you needed it. He, he probably could. And we're not we're barely above uh, fuses here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not, not much, but um, it's certainly enough that uh, we have to special order the breakers. Um, it's house is over 50 years old and. Um, but you know, the house was worth the trade off. We bought this place, left Washington state and the crazy up there and bought 30 acres to homestead down here in, uh, the beautiful state of Georgia. And sometimes these little hiccups are worth the trade off because, um, my husband and I are all about, uh, growing food, buying guns and becoming ungovernable because the more ungovernable you are, the less they can control you. 
I love it. Mm. I, li- I like your husband already. He's, Thank uh, you. He he's sounds like he's too. one of our people. Uh, at the end of the day, it's great. And it, it, homesteading obviously is taken way off. You know, we see lots of, uh, you know, lots of shows and lots of social media accounts that are all about food prep and all about preparing. At the end of the day, you know, hope for the best, but expect the worst. Things have gotten very complicated at this time. You, when, you, when you have government agencies that are as rogue as the ones we have, there's no doubt that you really have to watch your six at all times because they're not watching it for you. And I got to say, so, you know, your mission, I guess you, you're, you, one of your titles for your mission is arm the women with education, confidence, and self-defense. And I think with the resurgence of the demand for gun control, that couldn't be more timely. And at the end of the day, I know that's not what the left wants to hear. But I don't see the uh, the police agencies or the government agencies in any way providing the protection we need. We've seen lots of church shootings, school shootings. Uh, we've been hearing all sorts of uh, violent acts being perpetrated by illegal immigrants. I'm not a big fan of illegal immigration. I'm a big fan of legal immigration, especially if it brings us professionals. But when uh, countries around the world are emptying their prisons, and facility telling those individuals to get to our border and we have NGOs in the UN. There's been a lot of people on the border exposing the truth. We've exposed a lot of it on the show. And I think it's really tricky, right? Especially in the case of women, because we're seeing them being victimized in Europe, the UK by by uh, Muslims and others. And I'm not just gonna finger point Muslims because that's not what my case is. My case would be that these immigrants are coming in and there's really no way to track them. We don't even know if we have their real identities because they throw away their IDs at the border. So tell me a little bit about, first of all, give me a little bit of your background. I know you're a DV survivor, which is a big deal to women, not easy to do. Tell me about that. Um, sure. And quickly, I want to add, uh, just kind of add on to what you were saying before I dive into my, my personal little bio there. Um, we need to start, and we people that are, are more to the center, to the conservative, more liberty-minded people need to stop using the language that's used by the current political administration, I'm calling them immigrants in any way. They're illegal aliens, and that's what they really are. And it's yeah. easy to see how that, that language that they use, that soft language has started to infiltrate. And for somebody that deals in self-defense for women, it's exceptionally sensitive for me right now because we just had a young nursing student at the University of Georgia, which is just a few hours away from me, that was murdered uh, by an illegal alien, a Venezuelan illegal alien, who was released after assaulting a minor in New York. So that's a hot topic for me. And I would, we could spend all hour just talking about that, the gentleman. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and it's, and let me be clear, the word immigration, we don't really use that on this show most of the time. We call it an illegal invasion. Yeah, it's that's exactly what it is. It is it's border getting. <laughs> it's a tax, yeah, it's a tax subsidized uh, government invasion, and it pisses me off. But um, that being said, um, about 15 years ago, 16 years ago, um, I uh, was was beaten for the last time by my abuser, and I stood um, at his arraignment, black and blue. I had fingerprints around my neck where he picked me up and thrown me across the room. Uh, my teeth were broken. I hadn't eaten in a few days uh, between the broken teeth and cuts inside my mouth that were so severe I couldn't I couldn't chew or eat food. And um, the police told me as I stood there in front of them, literally black and blue from head to toe, they asked me if I had a place to hide when my abuser was released from jail because the chances of violence were going to significantly increase once he was let out. Because of course, in his mind, 
I was the reason he was in jail, right? It was my fault, clearly, Mm -hmm. that he was put in jail. So that was an aha moment for me that helped me realize, oh, shit, I'm, I'm on my own. Like law enforcement, even in the best case scenario, law enforcement isn't going to get there in time. But more importantly, they knew that that restraining order that was put in place against him was absolutely useless. Um, I suffered from severe PTSD, which is interesting. And that's a very sensitive subject. I get attacked a lot about bringing it up, as a matter of fact, uh, because I, I address the fact that a lot of that domestic violence is is arguably the second largest demographic um, of, of PTSD sufferers behind veterans, but it doesn't get the attention that it does for veterans. Um, yet we suffer um, a lot of this, a lot of the same, you know, PTSD is PTSD, regardless of whether of, of how you, of how you come about it. So I suffered with it severely for many, many years. And it wasn't until I put a, a shotgun hence where stilettos and shotguns came from years ago um, on a rail on the side of my bed that the nightmares ended. And this is after I went through the same treatment that veterans went that go through the EMDR, the sensory therapy, which was effective. It helped, but it didn't help to cure it completely. And it wasn't until I was in a position to realize I could protect myself that those, those nightmares started to wane. Um, that being said, fast forward a few more years. And at that point I was living in Washington state and in Washington state, um, there was a law that was passed a few years back. Everybody knew about it. If you're in the world in particular, you really knew about it because it was a hot, hot button topic. Um, but it was uh, called 1639, and it was it was presented just days after the Parkland shooting. Um, and there was a lot of things in that bill: uh, extended waiting period for for rifles, um, uh, certain required online training, all kinds of stuff. But the one thing that was in it that was in clear English that that didn't get marketed by design was that when you sign a 4473, and for those of you um, that may stumble across this, that um, support gun control, that's that, that, <laughs> that little form that y'all think doesn't exist. That <laughs> is a federal FBI background check um, to make sure that you're, you know, not a criminal and that you can buy a gun legally. Um, but in Washington state, 1639 allowed the state to use you signing your 4473 as a waiver for your medical record, and they could deny you the purchase of a firearm based on what they saw in your medical record. Now, gentlemen, we all know they weren't looking for a broken arm. You know, they were looking for mental health issues or anything that they could could use against somebody to be able to buy a gun that had to do with with mental health. The, the kicker in that is that they didn't define what it is, right? Because oftentimes, and this is, you know, what Lance had mentioned with understanding legislation, more often than not, it's not what legislation says, it's what it doesn't say that ends up biting us in the ass. And that's why it's so important to not just be able to read the convoluted crap that they put out there, but to be able to understand it, and more importantly, understand how it affects us as individuals personally. So I spoke out against that law as a domestic violence survivor. I said, for those of you that voted for this, you just put me in a position where, because I have PTSD on my medical record, I may potentially be denied the ability to purchase a firearm to defend myself from my abuser that you all know is stalking me. My friends knew he was stalking me. And they were mortified. And, oh my gosh, I can't believe it. I didn't know. I said, yeah, because you didn't read the bill. And they said, we read it, we read it. And I said, you didn't. 
you didn't because that was the only thing in plain English that was in it. Well, long story short, it went viral. And here I am six years later, sitting on the big, big show talking about the bullshit that is gun control laws and how they negatively impact uh, all of us, but but specifically, and one of the the common demographics that isn't talked about is not only women and how they negatively impact women, but how these gun control laws disproportionately negatively impact domestic violence survivors. Yeah, the um, we're not a big fan of the ATF on this show. I don't <laughs> think that organization. I would disband it if I had anywhere near the authority to do yeah. so. Uh, we don't feel much different about the uh, DHS or FBI or Department of Justice. What they base their charters on and what exactly what they're actually supposed to be doing versus what they're doing. But, you know, the gun laws have become so expansive. They use Admiralty Maritime and they expand beyond the scope of what anything ever believed. Our founders and framers didn't have anything. The 17 subject matters that were specific in the Constitution for the federal government didn't have anything about gun laws. At the end of the day, even even nonviolent offenders, felons and otherwise, they lose their rights, which there's nothing in there that really gives the Constitution that enables our government to remove that right. So, of course, that restriction additionally harms people because at the end of the day, that's almost assuming that anybody that has ever been involved in a crime shouldn't be able to protect themselves. And if they do protect themselves, they're looking at five years for the gun and five years for each of the bullets, which is beyond ridiculous. Unless, of course, your name is Hunter Biden. Now, if you're Hunter Biden, you'll get a deferred gun charge. Of course, nobody's bringing that up at all. Uh, and that's the case, right? It's it's laws for thee, not for me. And the, the tough part about DV is obviously anybody involved in DV, primarily women, obviously, I, although I do know that there have been some men that have been involved in domestic violence cases, they're all going to have some psychological issues post to that, especially depending on how traumatic the injuries are psychologically and or physically. So you can't, you know, not everybody, uh, you know, uh, lots of people, and if you can talk about combat situations, not everybody reacts the same in combat. Some people are just hmm. cold as a cucumber and extremely calm. Other people become frenetic. Their blood pressure immediately rises. They become panicked. It's not the same thing. And DV is no different. Uh, you know, I've let a, read a lot of studies on it. You know, but it, does it surprise you at this point? I know it doesn't surprise George and I. George, you, you surprised at all about gun legislation and the way they're behaving? Because to me, it's all part of the plan. They have to disarm us so they can continue to take advantage of us. That's their biggest fear, because I think right now, legally on the street, George, I think my numbers are right. There's 350 to 400 million legal guns on the street. There's that we about, know of. Yeah, that we know of. And the illegal guns, whether they're ghost guns or whether they're illegal guns in some other way, they've come up from the South or otherwise. It's about another 75 to 100 million. And my understanding, there's about four and a half trillion rounds of ammunition and or reloading rounds on the street uh, that are available, obviously, to citizens. So, George, your thoughts, because I know you and I have a lot of heated discussions about the ATF. Um, let's see. So take away our guns, pretty much going to take away our freedoms, plain and simple. They want to take away our guns because they want more control over us. Look what they're doing now. Can you imagine what the society without guns, what, they, what else they'd be doing? Forget about it. There's no way. And if you take a woman who needs to defend herself against a guy that might be bigger or stronger, whatever the situation is, and you're telling her, no, she can't defend herself, so you're just letting that guy uh, want to abuse her. And it goes both ways because there are some strong women that abuse men too. But, you know, I feel for you with your PSTD, PSTD. PTSD. PTSD, yeah, I'm all messed up. 
because um, I just recently found out that I have it and never knew I did it. And it does suck and it's and it's not fun, but you're not going to take it. We can't let them take our guns away and it'll never happen because look at Australia. Australia's a mess. Look at, look at UK. It's, I mean, the FBI alone, what they're doing in the justice system. Can you imagine no guns? Yeah, I mean, I hold a very controversial attitude, particularly as a domestic violence survivor, where I agree with you, gentlemen. I believe that felons should have their rights restored immediately among, you know, after leaving prison. If they are not reformed, they should either be still in prison or they should be taken out back and skinned alive in the case of pedophiles and rapists and, and things. So, exactly. you know, I'm, to me, that's a very controversial. I have a very controversial attitude about that. Um, I get asked a lot. Well, you want your abuser to have a gun? At the end of the day, it's not my job to decide who's reform and who's not. It's my job to be better trained than the people that want to do me harm, period. The kicker with that, and this is where my organization comes in because I work in a very unique space because in the space that I work in, sometimes we have to help women understand their lives are worth defending before we can teach them how to defend it. And so it's not as easy as just, well, just give her a gun in a lot of cases. Yeah. Sometimes we have to get them in that headspace. And so that's that's the space that, that I work in. Um, the two biggest pawns for gun control are domestic violence victims and children. And domestic violence victims in particular, they actually backdoored gun control through the Violence Against Women Act in terms of the uh, banning uh, men convicted of domestic violence um, from ever owning guns. Yet that doesn't stop them from getting guns, as I'm sure y'all read you know, in that Wall Street Journal article I wrote. That's a big Supreme Court case that we're waiting on hearing. Yeah. Uh, the the... The U.S. versus Rahimi, correct? Rahimi, yeah. And so they've heard the case. I was absolutely mortified at how terrible the uh, Rahimi's attorney was. He didn't want to defend him, interestingly enough. If I don't know if y'all want to go down that rabbit hole, but I can give you a bunch of the nuances behind that case. But at the end of the day, interestingly enough, the reason the case is being heard in front of Supreme Court isn't because... He was a domestic violence offender specifically. He was never convicted of domestic violence. He was convicted of possessing firearms while under a domestic violence restraining order. And that's kind of the kicker there. But when he the, the restraining order was issued, he it was issued without representation. He wasn't even in court. So there was actually an underlying due process issue there. And, you know, I am automatic. It is automatically assumed by especially a lot of women that I should be supporting that decision. But at the end of the day, nothing matters more than fair due process for any individual in this country. And, you know, you were talking, I'm a huge history nerd. I'm married to a historian. I've written history stories. I'm particularly fond of our women's revolutionary war stories and the huge impact that isn't talked about. Uh, you know, Abigail Adams had a lot to do with why the Declaration of Independence got written. So I kind of geek out about that. And the Second Amendment yeah. had like six or seven drafts to it before the final draft was that Madison actually wrote it. So when people say they didn't know what they were talking about, oh, they knew exactly what the hell they were talking about when they when they wrote it very specifically to a point that it's the only one that had as many drafts as it did. So um, it's a that's a very sensitive topic for me in, in reference to the context of history. And then how these these far left feminazi and I'm I'm a real feminist. I mean, they're they're that's a whole other conversation we can get into. But this far left feminazi crazy and the way that they have been brainwashed to believe that 
first of all, that the government's going to protect them, which blows my mind. But the fact that they've become so naive to that they have been weaponized against their own best interest for gun control. And the, 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 the people on the left are very good at the long game. Are, let's just be honest, they're better than, than the right at the long game, right? This is, they've, been, they've been at this for decades. And they've learned how to powerfully weaponize women because when women get pissed off, stuff gets done. So I truly hope that, that people on the side of liberty, the women in particular, start waking up and start pushing back. And I think the kids are what's going to do it because they started messing with the kids, you know, with all this, this trans stuff. And that's, that's probably what's going to do it at the end of the day. There's no doubt that women need to recognize that they're under attack. I mean, I was just talking to my wife. I tell you what, we're going to take a break right now. And when we come back, we're going to talk about what the trans agenda and the LGBTQT narrative is doing to undermine women's rights. Along with that, we're gonna cover some other topics about why hand-to-hand isn't the end-all for protecting yourself as a woman. And I'll explain some of that myself. I've got some experience in that. George. Yo, we'll be right take back. Take us out, bro. Don't go nowhere. Don't you anywhere. Don't you leave. Yeah. Peace out. for your toughest jobs or your most rugged excursions. Introducing Sea of Mud Apparel, your go-to destination for clothing that embodies the relentless spirit of rural America. We were blue collar before it was cool to say you work for a living. Let your clothes speak for you. Embrace quality, comfort, and the American way. Shop now at seaofmud.com. Patriots, listen up. It's time to wake up and smell the freedom. Beard Vet Coffee is here to fuel your American spirit. This isn't just coffee. It's a battle cry in a cup, a declaration of love for the land of the free and the home of the brave. Crafted by the hands of those who've walked the walk, talked the talk, and, yeah, grown the damn beard. Vet-founded, vet-focused, and beard-operated. This is coffee with a mission, a purpose, and a testament to the unyielding American spirit. It's a tribute to the tireless resolve that courses through the veins of our great nation. This is the taste of victory, the flavor of freedom, the coffee that stands as firm as our belief in America's destiny to lead and never to kneel. Beard Vet Coffee is more than a brand. It's a legacy steeped in the principles that make America great. It's for those who stand with pride under the stars and stripes, who uphold the values that light the torch of liberty for the world to see. So, are you ready to supercharge your day the American way? Beard Vet Coffee is not just a choice. It's a declaration of independence from mediocre mornings. Bold, brave, unbound, brewed for the American patriot. Beard Vet Coffee, make your mornings great again. Welcome to the next generation of warfare, psychological warfare. In modern conflict, the mind is a potent weapon. Discover General Michael T. Flynn's groundbreaking guide, The Citizen's Guide to Fifth Generation Warfare. 
unlock tactics, strategies, and the mindset to navigate this cognitive battlefield that we all find ourselves in. Equip yourself against manipulation and emerge unscathed. Unleash your potential. Order now. Welcome back to the Big Mix Show. Here with your hosts, Lance Miliacho, George Ballantine, and our special guests, Stilettos and Shotguns, Carrie Sloan. Bam! Hello, hello. Thanks so, for having me on. We're welcome. I just want to give a shout out to our sponsors, Kyle from Sea of Mud, Patriotic Apparel. Got badass shirts. I got them all. Keep wearing them. Go to seaofmud.com. All caps, the big MIG, you get 15% off. Go there now. Go buy a big MIG shirt right now so I can see the list. So I can see my people buying it. Then you got Beard Vet Coffee, best coffee around, supports veterans. Can't ask for nothing better than that because you want a great cup of coffee in the morning. I know I do. I know Lance needs about 10, 15 of them a day. So Beard yeah. Vet Coffee. But I want to say no this doubt. before we get going. When we talk about domestic um, abuse survivors, when you see... I'm not going to say men. I'm going to say fags or guys or boys do that to women. They are not men. Okay? They do not stand for what a real man stands for. They're basically fags. I'm going to say it. I don't care. Because upon my experience, when confronting people like that, they hightail it. They kiss their ass and run. Because that's what they do. They try to take use their their size or stature because they think they're a man against, a, you know, to abuse a woman. They're not men, so don't let that reflect upon all men how they are. And it's vice versa, too, the women that take advantage of men. We can't because we have, look at all you beautiful conservative women watching right now. We know you ain't bad, right? Absolutely. So, Unfortunately, yeah. the Internet has allowed a lot of these idiots to speak without actually being confronted or punched in the face. Right. Um, but the beauty of that is, too, is that because they say stupid shit, they often reveal themselves pretty quickly. And I'm the first to expose them. So, so I'm going to bring up your article. So I want you to talk about while this article's up, tell people what it is so they can see it. All right. Here we go. Go ahead. <laughs> ah, this was my Wall Street Journal article that got published. And it was a little controversial, obviously, because as a domestic violence survivor, I actually support the Supreme Court ruling in favor of Rahimi, even though let's be really, really honest, everyone. This dude is a giant piece of shit. He is certainly not the guy that we wanted representing us in a gun control case, you know, for sure, in a two-way case, in any capacity. That being said, here we are. Um, and so this was the article that I wrote about that. And in that, we added a link to the statistics that actually showed that uh, there's actual research behind this now and that it's hard to find pro-2A research because um, it's just not funded the way Bloomberg and, and, and Soros and these things fund anti, anti-gun, um, quote-unquote, research, and I use that term loosely, but because um, it's, it's all what benefits them. But the research actually shows that a domestic violence restraining order does not... Uh, there, there's no reduction in the rate of murders, whether with or without a gun, when domestic violence restraining orders are involved. In other words, domestic violence restraining orders do not keep an abuse victim from being killed. They're useless. So my big thing is we have all of these laws that are already in place 
that are supposed to keep abusers from continuing to abuse. Why aren't we currently working to enforce those laws that are already in place as opposed to trying to enact more useless bullshit gun control laws that at the end of the day only hurt individuals, particularly domestic violence survivors, from being able to defend themselves? It, it pisses me off, actually, because they continue to use women, particularly domestic violence victims, as martyrs for gun control, and then put them in these positions where they continue to repeatedly make them victims by letting these idiots back out of jail. So women are caught in this cycle of being martyrs for this bullshit gun control that, that actually hurts them. And that's where my organization comes in, is we help these women understand how these laws affect them and and more importantly, affecting, like helping them protect themselves and their babies. That's usually what gets to women. It's, it's always right. You bring up the babies. That's, that's when, that's when we can get the ship. But most people go about their everyday lives and they think, oh, that law seems okay. Well, that seems reasonable until you help them understand how it affects them personally. I have this little philosophy that, um, as somebody who's been a life study of, uh, of, of history, American history. Um, I'm married to a U.S. historian. Um, I am a 24-year veteran of the Navy. Um, you know, I've, I've been a women's history study. And we have this, this disconnect with understanding why those laws were written and, and how they negatively impact us. And But one of the beauties that we have about the Constitution is that the God-given right of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness that is inherent to every human is guaranteed to us in our constitution. The double-edged sword there is that my idea of liberty is different, you know, than, than yours. You know, Lance or yours, George, right? We all have a different, our pursuit of happiness and liberty is, is different. So the double-edged sword there is that it creates a self-focused society. And so we often see people not want to get involved in, in any sort of politics. That's a big one. I don't get involved in politics or, or, or laws or whatever until they personally have been negatively impacted. I, I, I'm guilty of that. I was always pro-2A, but I didn't get involved until a law actually negatively impacted my ability to defend myself. So our whole goal isn't just to teach women to be safe, responsible gun owners. That's you know obviously part of it and, and carriers to carry every day. But it's also to help them understand how these laws are negatively impacting their ability to pursue life, liberty, happiness, safety, and the protection of their children. And that is when you start to see the shift. And I, I, I'm proud to say I have uh, developed a reputation, actually, for flipping liberal women um, that on gun control. And because that's interesting. I was at, uh, I had to get some blood work done today. I was at the hospital for about four hours, some crazy blood work they wanted to do for a test on me. And um, there were some women across the way talking to one of the nurses, a male nurse, about how it was so important to watch the news. And their concept of the news was CNN, MSNBC, that it was really important to know what was going on in the truth. <clears throat> I didn't enter the conversation because I just felt like it wasn't, it wasn't something I wanted to do at that moment. Normally, I would have just jumped right in. But my point is this, that's the problem, right? They don't realize that besides this judicial system that's corrupted in its own way, that there's all sorts of influence that happens in chambers, behind the scenes. Uh, even when a case goes in the direction of what I would consider the correct laws, they seal the case so it can't be cited or quoted in further litigation or further cases. 
which is really, uh, you know, you know, if you think about it, it's really criminal in a way because you've got people that are trying to defend themselves in this courts and now a case that might help them is now sealed and inaccessible to their defense. It's no different than how they destroy, you know, uh, evidence or Brady material or exculpatory material like we've seen at J6. But I think what's interesting is you just you just hit the nail on the head. People don't ever uh, the, the selfishness or the, the, you know, the introspective focus on me, 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 until it comes into their pocketbook, until it comes into their rights, and then it's too late because they've been so focused on only worrying about themselves versus the collective good. That's the difficulty, right? That's one of our focuses on this show is that we'll come after you whether you're on the left or the right. At the end of the day, you're a victim on this show. If you screw up and we see it, there's no safety net here. Of course, our show leans to conservative values. It leans to constitutional values, God, country, family. That's what our show is about. But at the end of the day, I'll fight for a liberal's right to free speech in 2A as much as I would for a you know far-leaning right conservative. Because at the end of the day, I don't like big government. And what you're describing is big government. And I believe this is all part of the plan. George Soros funds anti-2A rhetoric because it benefits his WEF, you know, right. uh, you know, you know, you know, new world order long term plan. Right. He's coordinating with Klaus Schwab and the WEF and Com 300 and Davos and all the rest of them, because for them to put their agenda through what they want is a, they want a, a one government world with a one government military so that they can do whatever they want to the rest of the people. And, and an armed people is a dangerous people. Right. Our founders and framers knew that. They were very aware of dealing with being unarmed when they dealt with the monarchies in Spain, Italy, and, and uh, the UK. You know, they dealt with that, and they knew it. So the grand experiment was supposed to fix all of that, right? That was what the U.S. was, and the Constitution was supposed to be the supreme law of the land. So it's frustrating. I, I'm sure for you, you see it going on. Uh, you know, your organization, you just, you just ended up with a new partnership with the USCCA, and I think we should talk about that and the possibility. But before we hit that, I want to bring up that a lot of people are, and I have lots of training. I've trained with lots of greats, the Gracies, uh, the Machado brothers, Bass Rutten, Gerard Godot, uh, Ken Shamrock, a lot of greats when it came to MMA. And I did a lot of CQB close quarters battle techniques, hand to hand combat. I used to teach it to uh, teams and, and different government agencies around the world. So, I know what that is, but what people don't realize is even with that training, maybe somebody at the level of a Gina Carano or somebody else that's been doing it for a decade. But, you know, hand to hand is different when you're 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 facing an individual that's six, five, 260 pounds. You know, uh, you know, I'm six, one, two, thirty. And, you know, at the end of the day, and, I, you know, I have a lot of skills, not that I would ever lay my hand on a woman, but that's the problem, right? Some people get this false sense. They take a few classes at their local uh, dojo and they think that that's going to assist them at the end of the day if somebody's breaking into your house in the middle of the night it may not just be one individual it's more likely to be two or three individuals so uh, let's talk about how hand-to-hand -hand isn't the end-all for women's self-defense yeah i'm glad you brought that up because that is something that i actually um get get i wouldn't say arguments but heated discussions over um, you know, she, she just, and, and it comes from both sides, interestingly enough, because one side, oh, you just need to take martial arts. And, you know, in some areas, I know in, in uh, AOC was one of them. And then in Washington state, one of the city, the socialist city council member, they wanted to fund self-defense classes for women through hand to hand. But at the end of the day, 
Um, with, with some exceptions, there are some exceptions. Um, most women are not, you know, Ronda Roussey's, right. They're not going to be able to go out there and, and be able to compete like a dude. So, um, I, there is no better equalizer for women than a firearm period. And for me, I make the joke that the reason I carry a firearm as opposed to use hand to hand is because I don't want your blood on my clothes. I mean, I make that, I make that joke, but at the end of the day, when it comes down to it, if a man is already on top of a woman, she is already at a disadvantage. And that's if it's just one one dude, right? That's not even counting, like you said, if there's multiple assailants. Um, she is already at a disadvantage. That being said, the one thing I do encourage women to do um, is to at least learn how to defend against knives. I don't like knives. I'm pretty, and I know a lot of people do. I'm, I'm, I've been blessed to have uh, now, now I'm in this world, have some amazing um, bladesmiths, uh, Jason Knight being one of them, you know, master bladesmith has become a very good friend of mine and he's trying to help me get over my fear of knives. I'm actually going to go up and, 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 and make, build my own knife with him, like, like make one. But um, I don't like knives. I'm convinced in a past life I died by knife or something. But at the very least, women need to learn how to defend against knife attacks because rarely are we raped or kidnapped at gunpoint. So at the very least, I encourage women, you know, take some hand to hand. There is some benefit to it. One of my favorite forms of hand to hand, though, um, that I think doesn't get talked about enough because we get a lot of this like the disconnect between cage fighting or ring fighting and street fighting, you know, because yeah. <laughs> there's no rules on the street. And, and a lot of these people, it's, it's I a whole, BJJ. Yeah, yeah, it's well, a whole you, different bro. game. Let me know how that works for you when you got three gangbangers pulling up on you. It's just a different game. Yeah. But, you know, Krav and some of the other combatives where they teach actual, where anything's a weapon, you know, the first, of course, being your mind, right? That's always your first and foremost such a weapon. But being able to use everything around you as a weapon, mm -hmm. um, it, that I, those are the types that I, I do encourage women to take more. You know, than well, just a lot of that comes down to though having that ability. I'm I'm actually pretty pretty skilled with edged weapons, a tomahawk mm -hmm. and a knife in hand to hand combat situations. I'm pretty good with both of those. But at the end of the day, it's also got to do with something we spoke about earlier. It's composure. You right. know, with lots of with lots and lots of training hand-to-hand -hand combat or fighting becomes almost a slow motion event. I don't know how to describe it for people that, the people that know what I'm talking about yeah. would know what I'm talking about. Slow motion in combat, whether you're in live fire situations or you're in a hand-to-hand -hand where somebody's got a weapon. It, it, when, you're, when you're really skilled, all I can say is it really slows down. The whole speed changes. But yeah. for somebody that's only had a couple of months or maybe even a year's worth of training, it's not gonna be the situation. And the problem is your, you know, obviously your adrenaline kicks in a fight or flight response, and depending on the situation, that's where it's tricky. Where a gun, you can get your you, obviously if you learn how to you know draw quickly, or you or your your situational awareness is really good because that's something that's very important. Obviously, because you've got to be aware of the people around you, the situation you're in. You're going to your car, a street lights yeah. out, all those things come into play. But again, you're right because. I wouldn't try to train somebody that only had a year's worth of training to use an edged weapon because, you know, you have to be in close proximity and you have to understand the strike zones. And it's not it's not easy to get up to speed with that. And it takes literally, in my opinion, thousands of hours of practicing drills. And not everybody's prepared to do that. 
a gun is different. You can get up to speed relatively quickly as long as you learn not to shoot yourself on the draw. Well, that or, you know, you still, there's still a mental block, you know, the, the mental blocks of those cathartic moments that you need to overcome even, even with that, like with any sort of training, whether it's edged weapons, um, you know, non-weapon hand-to-hand firearms, there's, you're always going to revert back to the last training that you had. Um, and, and so that's why they, you know, it's frustrating to see women, they'll come or men, um, anyone really just come and take one class and they're like, I know how to shoot a gun. Cool, bro. Let me see how that works for you when you're under pressure. And this person's standing in front of you, I've had to draw my gun on a crazy homeless guy that was coming at my car, swinging a golf club. I was stuck at a light. Nobody's perfect. Anybody that tells you I always bullshit because no matter how well trained we are, uh, my husband did, uh, uh, like, force protection, security, anti-terrorism stuff, and had his wallet pickpocketed by Romanian. That's how good they are, right? I mean, no matter how good we are, things can still always happen. And for whatever reason, that night, I pulled too close to the car in front of me, downtown Seattle, Sunday night. It was quiet, and and it wasn't very, a lot going on. So that's probably why, subconsciously, right? So this crazy homeless guy swinging a golf club, uh, I catch the movement out of my peripheral, I look over, we make eye contact, he starts toward my car. I can't get my car out because I'm between two cars now at a stoplight, can't move. He keeps coming toward my car, keeps coming toward my car. I realize he's, and he's screaming at me, you know, because <laughs> I'm not defending homeless people, but understand when they're on drugs, hmm? No, no, yeah. Oh, yeah, when, when they're on drugs, like they, le- and you make eye contact, sometimes they legitimately think that you're threatening them. Like it's, I'm not making excuses for it. I'm just understanding through my training. Yeah, mental insanity. Mental you can't count on mental insanity. You know, Correct. I had an instructor always said that chaos happens. Exactly. You have to think about the chaos of that situation. Exactly. So I, I realize, you know, he gets about 35 feet out. And he's not stopping. I mean, and he's moving, right? So I draw my gun. And of course, at this point, he's about 20 feet out, right? Because this is all going on at, you know, at one time. He sees the gun. Um, you know, I had the, where I was sitting, the street light was coming in. So obviously, as I drew the gun up from my side and turned in front of my steering wheel, he saw it. It was like a cartoon, the way he swung his leg up and turned around and did a 180. And when I talk about that, and I tell that story in my classes, I actually slowed down when I'm telling the story, because even though that whole, in that whole situation was probably 30 seconds at, at best. I remember it like it was two minutes long. You know, I remember it like you were talking about how things slow down cognitively. But interestingly enough, and this was a big a big thing that that I don't know a lot of people really absorb, is that as I was driving away from that, I was getting on a ferry. If you've ever been in Seattle, you, you know that whole mess down there by the ferries and things. Yeah. And so I was making the turn to get onto the ferry. I get on the ferry because you know, I had to shift my focus from this guy to going now, right? Getting out of the situation, um, the light had turned green. I get on the ferry, the endorphins drop. I'm able to start processing this. I, I make the joke, although it's true. I realized I didn't pee my pants. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, in that situation, because those are real, anybody who tells you those, they, you know, they don't talk about it, they're liars. Like these, this, this is a real talk that goes on in these, these heightened yeah. uh, threat situations. Mm-hmm. And I'm processing through this in my head and it hits me. Holy shit. I was going to, and kill that guy. I was going to kill that man. I was going to kill that man if he got any. If he if he started to get into my car, tried to. I was going to kill him. And it, it, as as a gun owner, we're taught, you know, to always de-escalate. I always tell my ladies in my class, ladies, you're too pretty for prison. Nobody looks good in County Orange. Like <laughs> just walk away, just walk away. But it wasn't until I was in that situation. 
when I realized truly the level of violence that I was capable of. Mm. And it's amazing how much more peaceful I became. You know, I was already peaceful as a gun owner, especially in a liberal state, right? You're just careful all the time when you carry a gun. Like, it's just, it's never going to work to your advantage, typically, um, with a gun in a liberal state. But how much more peaceful I became even after that, after that cathartic moment when I realized the level of violence that I was capable of. So now oftentimes when I see these situations or somebody wants to try to pick something, I, I don't put myself in the situations. I just don't go into these these areas. You know, your best is always to de-escalate. And I think that's right, what makes always it de-escalate um, or just yeah. don't go. Right. Like, it, like I drive around teaching um, and I drive around and I live in my van down by the river. It's an H, H test for those of you <laughs> that, uh, that are <laughs> That was a Saturday Night Live that's shot. Right. You guys, that's you guys right. didn't pick up on the SNL poke right there. You that's right. It. That's right. So I actually don't. I live at Love's Truck Stops. But I always, I'm very calculated about those steps I take and things. So I don't put myself in the situation that I need to de-escalate to, to begin with. You know, I stay in the, I stay in the yellow. I think that's an important, when you, when you learn trade craft, you learn what I would call skill sets that have to do yes. with offensive or offensive combat. Yeah. The thing about tradecraft is, is that if you're paying attention to your situation, you have situation awareness, you're, you're, you're already going to have across the street if you see some individuals that are already right. agitated a block ahead of you. You're already going to stop, go into a store, wait for them yeah. to pass. You're going to do things that are going to benefit you with de-escalation because obviously violence is never the answer. You know, I can be incredibly violent if I need to be and highly skilled, but I yeah. choose I choose not to be. My, my right. choice is to try not to go into that mode. You know, I'd rather t try to talk people out of making a bad right. decision for themselves. But that's not always easy. You don't always get that opportunity because it depends on the mens rea, right? It's that mental state right. of the person that's coming after you, whether they're breaking into your home. George, you and I were having a discussion not too long ago about how we thought that so many of the people that were coming into the country were coming into here with a mens rea. We were talking about the transnational gangs in Chicago, if you remember. And we were saying that their mental state wasn't to come in here to get a job. Their mental state was to come in here and reap the rewards of a rich country and operate as criminals. Do you remember? Well, they're being paid to do it, so there's George. that. Yeah, I mean, listen, they're causing chaos. I mean, look at look what just happened in Georgia. That student. Murdered for no reason. The kid, the, the stupid illegal immigrant knocked her on, she, on the head. That's what she died from, blow to the head. For what? What was the reasoning for it? But, you know, Just Biden still wants yeah. to let him in because they want the votes. They want chaos in this country. Yeah. Soros and uh, his crew all bringing in disruption by funding money to these um, district attorneys who don't want to prosecute. Yeah. So it's free reign for everybody. Why not? You yeah. know, if you, if you, t if you don't get caught, if you steal candy from a store and don't get caught, you got to keep doing it again, doing it again until there's consequences. There's no consequences. Yeah. And at the end of the day, they're being interviewed. Laura Loomer, Ann Vandersteel, Ben Workham, they've interviewed them and said, well, what do you do, plan on doing when you come to the United States? And if you took 50 individuals, or let's say you took 100 individuals and you asked them that question, what do you plan on doing for work? About 10% of them, maybe as many as 15% will say, I'm going to go, I'm going to work at an automotive uh, repair shop or I'm going to do construction. But the rest of them have no idea what they're going to do. And they also seem to want to mention the free handouts and the benefit of the free handouts, right? They want to talk about the $2,200 a month they can get for themselves and their child. If their wife and them split up, they can get $4,400. The $10,000 debit card, which I know this is a hot spot for George. George loves the $10,000 debit card giveaway in New York. George? 
What? 10,000. What about all the money they get coming in the border with the new phone and the, and the free rooms? 10,000. Yeah, the free get, VA insurance. They yeah. leave our veterans. Doing, they're the kicking streets. veterans and seniors out of their residences so they can house them. They're asking citizens to house them. Uh, and I can't imagine that we aren't going to hear more stories of the stupidity of that. At the end of the day, they don't care about we the people, right? So yeah. I believe the 2A is the answer. Oh, for I sure. I don't think... I, you know, my opinion is buy more guns, buy more ammunition. You know, if you have that ability, that's what you should be doing. At the end of the day, you better be you better be prepared and better to have one and then not need it than need one and not have it. And that's my real opinion. So you got you just got hooked up with the U.S. CCA. That's got to be kind of exciting. That's a big deal for you. And has that impacted the way you guys are training and why you're training a certain way? I know you do things different. Is that part of it, or was the, were you already doing that before you got connected with the USCCA? So I was doing that before. Oh, and by the way, um, people are getting ready to find out why the Third Amendment matters, and I love how people are arguing with me over the well, the Third Amendment meant soldiers. I'm like, oh, you wait, know let, me, let me pause you for one sec. For our audience, the USCCA is the U.S. Concealed Carry Association. Carry Association, yes. I should have said that. I know what it is, but that's, that's not okay. right. All right, go um, ahead. And, and of course, I'm digressing because y'all push a button with me on that illegal alien crap and the fact that most of these guys are criminals coming in from Venezuela and military mm -hmm. aged men from Africa. and 91 different countries. Well, I, I'm sorry, yeah. let me correct. Ben Berkram just told me a couple days ago. He has IDs now from 96 yeah. different countries on this invasion. Yeah, we could go off for hours on that alone because that shit pisses me off and it absolutely directs is directly related because these are not countries where they respect women. That they're coming in from either you know they they look at women as, as tools and and you know all of these other things and hence you know what you know we saw this in europe five ten fifteen i remember my husband telling me 15 years ago that sweden was the rape capital of of europe because of the muslim um the african muslim um immigrants that came in and people laughed at me and look at it now right it's a mess anyway um so people are getting ready to find out real quick about the Third Amendment. And I have people argue with me, even conservatives. Well, that meant you don't know anything about the Constitution. I'm like, sit down, son. Let me tell you something. <laughs> They've already, <laughs> bless your, as we say down here, bless your little heart. First and foremost, they also said shall not be infringed. But we see how well that worked for us, number one. Number two, they've already started making these illegal aliens cops in some cities. And they've talked yeah. about letting these non-citizens become members of the military. I talked to my friend that owns a chain of gun stores, Kerry, and he's telling me that they actually have it in the ATF forms that illegal immigrants can buy guns. He refuses to do it here in Colorado, but they actually have done a workaround in the ATF forms for illegal immigrants. All right, we're going to yeah, take a quick surprised. break. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll let Kerry go back into some more of her hot topics but we're we'll also going to cover a little bit of news let's talk about the tucker assassination when you guys get when we come back yep attempt. we'll be right back don't go nowhere attempt up for your toughest jobs or your most rugged excursions. Introducing Sea of Mud Apparel, your go-to destination for clothing that embodies the relentless spirit of rural America. We were blue collar before it was cool to say you work for a living. Let your clothes speak for you. Embrace quality, comfort, and the American way. 
Shop now at seaofmud.com. Patriots, listen up. It's time to wake up and smell the freedom. Beard Vet Coffee is here to fuel your American spirit. This isn't just coffee. It's a battle cry in a cup, a declaration of love for the land of the free and the home of the brave. Crafted by the hands of those who've walked the walk, talked the talk, and, yeah, grown the damn beard. Vet founded, vet focused, and beard operated. This is coffee with a mission, a purpose, and a testament to the unyielding American spirit. It's a tribute to the tireless resolve that courses through the veins of our great nation. This is the taste of victory, the flavor of freedom, the coffee that stands as firm as our belief in America's destiny to lead and never to kneel. Beard Vet Coffee is more than a brand. It's a legacy steeped in the principles that make America great. It's for those who stand with pride under the stars and stripes, who uphold the values that light the torch of liberty for the world to see. So, are you ready to supercharge your day the American way? Beard Vet Coffee is not just a choice. It's a declaration of independence from mediocre mornings. Bold, brave, unbound, brewed for the American patriot. Beard Vet Coffee, make your mornings great again. Welcome to the next generation of warfare, psychological warfare. In modern conflict, the mind is a potent weapon. Discover General Michael T. Flynn's groundbreaking guide, A Citizen's Guide to Fifth Generation Warfare. Unlock tactics, strategies, and the mindset to navigate this cognitive battlefield that we all find ourselves in. Equip yourself against manipulation and emerge unscathed. Unleash your potential. Order now. Welcome back to the Big Mig Show. I am your host, Lance Miliacho, George Valentin at my side. I, I had to bring this in because George was grabbing a snack. He's eating pop tarts over him, there. I didn't want to have Mike crunching on you guys. I don't blame him. I know he's been grinding all day. So at the end of the day, this is probably his, his breakfast right now, knowing George. Are those strawberry dizzy. or brown sugar cinnamon pop tarts? They're actually rich crackers. <laughs> he's going with the Ritz. Anyway, listen, we want to thank our sponsors as always, mud.com and, of course, Beard Vet Coffee, beardvet.com. We appreciate those guys, and we appreciate the listeners and subscribers. Don't forget, if you like the show, if you like what's going on, thumbs up, subscribe, like, comment, share the content. We want you to educate the country with us because otherwise we won't be able to unify, and you have to get over the fact it's a uniparty. We were just talking backstage about uh, Donald Trump and why he's the right guy for the job right now. Uh, it's not because I believe Trump is the best president or that he was the best president when he was in there, but I actually do believe the enemy of me, I'm enemy is my friend. At the end of the day, neither party wants him in because I believe this is the time that he goes in and cleans everything up. I love what he stands for in a lot of ways, and he's definitely the best choice of anything that's been offered at this point. So that's why we're here, right? Tip of the spear. So... I've got to tell you that we were talking about a pretty uh, interesting topic, Carrie, but I, I want you to make sure you get a chance to tell us about 
your relationship with the United States uh, Concealed Carry Association and what you guys are doing for your training on that and how people can maybe find you with that. Before we go back down our rabbit holes, our political rabbit holes, right, that I could talk with you all all night about. So my organization was created out of a very unique void that that I found in training. I When I first started, I taught defensive mindset. I taught all about the head game and helping women embrace, embracing finding a good fit for them with self-defense. I never wanted to be a firearms instructor. Um, COVID hits, I end up um, becoming a firearms instructor just because I thought it would be good to have the check in the box. I actually trained with Jan Morgan. Um, she was a candidate for governor and Senate down in, um, in Arkansas. But um, that's where I, I got my certification as a USCC instructor. Never thought that I would be teaching. Turns out um, I was the only female instructor in the area that I lived in in Washington State within like six hours or something like that. So I was I had a three-month waiting list for, for training, obviously filling a void that was desperately needed. But what I found in training is that women were coming to take my classes but they had already taken other classes, but still couldn't perform basic operations with their firearms, like locking back a slide on a gun. So we ended up creating all the fundamentals that we teach for the most part are, are the same as, as most standardized training, especially the safety, the safety issues and handling issues. But what we found is that there was a gap between the average woman in America and what most fundamentals training was. So we fill that gap. Um, to help build women's confidence to get them to the point where they can become a little bit more aggressive with their training. Women for the past three years um, have been, have made up the largest market of new gun purchasers in the United States. Yet the overwhelming majority of those women, and I mean 60, 70, 80% of those women, depending on the state, after they take that fundamental or concealed carry qualification class, they're not carrying their gun. That's a problem. That's saying to us that these women are still not feeling confident enough to carry their firearm, which means that there's something missing in the training. And that typically it comes with being lack of confidence and, and, and that comes from education. Hence our army women with education, confidence and self-defense. So we, we work to fill that gap to help women become comfortable with those basic operations and so that they can feel comfortable going on to the next fundamental class or these other types of, of classes where um, they're not going to be feeling awkward or embarrassed because now they know how to lock a slide back on their gun. So USCCA obviously resonated with this as their, you know, their whole goal is to, to help as many people in the country as they can be able to embrace self-defense and carrying a gun responsibly and safely every day. And they understood that there was this gap in the, in the training that's out there. And so they brought us in, you know, I, I've taken a lot of hits for that because people are like, well, we train and we do this too. And I'm like, I'm not saying you don't, what I'm saying is we aren't in competition with you. We are the supplement to helping women become a little bit more confident because we don't need another industry. There's a huge disconnect in the gun industry. 99% of the gun industry forgets that they're 1% of gun owners in America, like the, the online community, especially. Um, and that's not even scratching the surface of potential gun owners in, in America. You know, the difficulty comes that to be an expert in any field, they say you had 10,000 hours, right? Right. So to learn a technique, you know, in, in my case, I've got kind of a modified weaver stance with center axis relock style yeah. that I use. And uh, I, I actually got some training years ago. I was fortunate enough to train with Paul Castle when he was still alive. 
uh, who was the, the actually the originator of center axis relock. So, uh, but everybody has a modified style, but, you know, dry firing and practicing, you know, with, a, with an empty weapon and, you know, on draw, you know, a lot of people that to do that correctly, to do a fast draw, depending on how you're going to carry the weapon, it's complicated. So for a woman, you know, I don't know that all women I know would be willing to take the time to dry fire for 10, you know, five, three hours a day or two hours a day for the next year to try to really, you know, get comfortable with trigger pull. And so it's complicated, right? At the end of the day, there's got to be this moderate level met where you're safe and you're proficient, you know, safety first, proficiency second in that manner. And that's got to be difficult because, you know, not every woman that I know, my wife would have that that mentality because she's a she's an IFBB bikini pro competitor. So she's had to train very hard for her position in that sport. She's really focused for her case you know, when she gets into something, she'll focus. But I don't know that all women, and it's not just women, yeah. men too. There's many men I, that I've met that thought that they were really proficient yeah. but under stress-fired situations. Oh, so that's got to be difficult. Yeah. You have to create that as you go, I'm sure. It is. And so this is where the, the and that's where we fill that gap because women will go and take this class. You know, they'll take that CCW class or that fundamentals class. But if they're still not confident, then that means that something was missing in that education to want to encourage them to move forward with other. They're still intimidated by something. So that's a barrier that my organization helps to remove. Um, and fortunately, um, we you part of our partnership with USCCA now gives me access to all to USCCA ranges all across America to be able to teach. But more importantly, one of our biggest missions is that we believe that no one, but especially domestic violence victims, single mothers, elders, widows, um, we call them Granny Oakleys when they take our class, um, yeah. that nobody should be denied the ability to train to use a firearm because of financial barriers. So one of the things that we do, that my organization does as well, is that we also provide financial aid for domestic, all women, we'll never deny any woman Need that needs it, but we our primary focus is domestic violence survivors, single mothers, and elders, and we provide financial aid for them to be able to take the training that they need. Wow, uh, you know, great. it's not a hand; it's a oh, hand up. Shit. Thank you. It's a hand up, not a hand out. We're not going to go buy their gun for them. Um, although we have had um, in in certain states, we have helped with um, concealed carry permits as well, especially California, where it's being ridiculous. And an absolute scam where they're trying to price people Gavin out Newsom. Of being able to afford to protect. Gavin Newsom. Gavin Newsom. Yeah, don't even do this. That guy is just, I, he's demonic to me. Like, he's just creepy. But um, so we, we help provide that financial aid as well. But now that we've partnered with USCCA, one of the beautiful things that we're able to do is actually host events where we can bring in so many women to these USCCA partner ranges and hold these events for many women up to 24. Uh, we did last year in Chicago, we helped 24 women qualify for their concealed carry permits for free. And so we now with this partnership have been able to expand and offer these these training events all over the country in addition to our regular classes. One of the cool things about what we do is I'm blessed to be in a financial position where Right now, um, I don't. I, it's, I'm pretty much a one-woman show, other than a few volunteers. So I don't take a paycheck for what I do. That's how passionate I am about this. So when students, when we do have paying students to our classes, that money goes right back into the financial aid fund to help other women that can't afford training and women, men. I That's do get great. men to take my classes too, as supporters. 
So, Perry, um, I don't want to so run out of time. How do people find you to do training, whether in Georgia or I don't know if you do online classes or whatever else? Give me all your social media and how they find your website and everything else about you. So we do. Um, so you can find me online um, on Instagram. You can find me at me, the female underscore official Facebook, me, the, me, the female on um, uh it X it's the real underscore SNS. But um, if you want more information, you can always go to our website at we, the female.net and E and send us an email um, at info at we, the female.net. And we can get you more information on our training and um, financial aid services if you need them. Or if you would like to work with us to host a training event um, uh, for women in, in your area, uh, well, we can work with you to do that as well. Yeah, that's great. That's exciting because you can go into different states and do that. I think that's really helpful. Yeah. People can get a group of their friends together and subsidize an event like that, get 10 or 20 women together, which I think is a great opportunity. George, I know, and Carrie, I want you to stay with us. We've got a couple of news items. Yeah. Obviously, oh, yeah. there was an assassination attempt that was foiled on Tucker Carlson. Uh, the, the Russians released the information. So this is kind of a big story. George, I know you found this story. Do you want to tell us about it? Well, let's see. It's Ukraine. It's actually the Ukrainians wanted to kill Tucker because they didn't want nothing coming out. So what they do, they paid somebody, and it's uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Lance. It's um, he had a bomb, but he just didn't know what car to put it under. I mean, what's well, the luck on I'm that not, one? No, 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 I don't uh -huh. know if that's what happened. So it was a Russian counterterrorism unit that I understand that thwarted this assassination. Right. He was arrested by the Russians. The payment was four thousand dollars that the Ukrainians were going to give him. And that was to place an explosive device under a specific vehicle. They did not tell him up front that it was Tucker Carlson and his staff. What they told him is it's a, it's a journalist and we need to place this uh, weapon. And he didn't know, I don't think before he got arrested that he knew who Tucker Carlson was. I'm not sure he did. Not that that changes anything. So he was trained. He admits to being trained with special communications, collecting and detonating explosives devices by Ukrainian, uh, I would call them undercover uh, uh, you know, uh, tacticians. We'll give them. We'll give them a fancy name for the moment. I know what they really are, but I'm not going to go into that. Uh, so he received. A t so he got this task. He was to pick up the explosive device, which, looking at it, was a large amount of Semtex. I think I looked at the construction. I looked at some additional files that were up on some of the foreign news services. I think it was Semtex. Obviously, uh, extremely volatile product. Uh, so let's. George is a video. Yep. Uh, he knows who he was targeting now, but they asked him, did you know who it was? So they, they've got him detained. A lot of the people here in the country, I just got to say, there's people obviously on the left, they're trying to deny it. News sources are trying to deny it. They're trying to cover up because this is a damning moment for Ukraine. It's the same thing that George and I have been covering on the show over and over and over again. It is a money laundering operation. Zelensky wasn't installed by the CIA presidential candidate. He was installed like a dirty toilet. He was an actor prior to this. He became wildly popular. You saw what he did with the Victor Shokin situation and Burisma. You know that Andre Durchak, we had Simona Mangiani Papadopoulos on the show, that exposed the, and if you didn't see that episode, I recommend you go into our archives wherever you're watching our show and watch that episode <clears throat> because there is no doubt that the Burisma corruption was all part of the cover-up in Ukraine. I believe they have dirt on Biden, and that's how they're able to continue to strong-arm him on these ridiculous amounts of money. Let me say this. I'm going to say this once and for all, finally. There is no way Ukraine can win this war. It's a joke. 
okay? It's a cover-up for the biolabs. And George, did you see the story about the 12 CIA spy operations that were being, they were facilities that were placed on the border of Ukraine and Russia, that the CIA built these spying facilities? Um, no, Lance, they don't exist just like those biolabs don't exist. Yeah, exactly. You know, and, come and on. <laughs> funded, funded by a black budget that the American public didn't know about. Let's play this video, and then we're going to show you the destructive device that the Russians took off of this individual. Сбора подрыва взрывных устройств, а также работе с тайниками. 31 января куратор получил задание забрать с тайника взрывное устройство и использовать его снято отрыва автомобиля. Что вам обещали? Здесь нужно граждение 4000 долларов. Где должно было быть применено взрывное устройство? На подземной парковке отеля Фашизм в Москве. Необходимо было забрать взрывное устройство из тайника и заложить его в транспорт. Против кого планировалось применить взрывное устройство? Ну, мы сообщили. Сейчас вы знаете, кто был целью? Да, американский журналист Акер Карлсон. Что пошло не так? На этапе подготовки был задержан, садил он audio listeners. I just want to get this out, George, because we, we got to, I, I realized the other day I had a comment on one of our podcasts. We put what? something up and because, yeah, because it wasn't translated, people are like, well, you played that audio. We don't know what it says. So I have the transcript. In November 2023, I was recruited by the main directorate of intelligence on the Ministry of Defense of Ukraine. I was trained in working with special communications, collecting and detonating explosive devices. On January 31st, I received a task from the curator to pick up an explosive device from a hiding place and use it to blow up a car. What was promised to you? $4,000. Where was the explosive device supposed to be used? In the underground parking of the Four Seasons Hotel in Moscow. I was supposed to pick up the explosive device from a hiding place and place it under the car. Who was it targeting? I wasn't told. Do you know who the target was now? Yes, American journalist Tucker Carlson. What went wrong? I was detained at the preparation stage. So, Pretty damning evidence. Of course, nobody here in our government wants to admit that's true. I can't imagine what would have happened if he'd been successful. They probably would have tried to blame the Russians, of course. You know, Lance, here's a question. Why would they want to kill Tucker? Because Tucker's just going to interview Putin. You would think they want to kill Putin and not Tucker. Because really, in that interview, there's nothing no, nothing new or drastic came out with that Tucker interview. I, I, don't, I think just, preemptively, George, they yeah, were worried about were, what was going to come out. Right. Had Tucker, they were scared. Here's my opinion. Putin's a master, right? We look at his background. He's highly intelligent. He's well-trained. Uh, we know that he served in many of the special operations units within Russia, some of the extensive services within KGB. He's had lots of training from all over the world. He, he manhandled Tucker in that interview. I love Tucker. I think he does an amazing job. But he started off the pretense of that interview with, is this going to be a 
real discussion or is this just going to be one of those interviews? Tucker immediately from that position was kind of put aback. I would have gone into high target mode. I would have said, well, let's talk about Ukraine right now. I would have gone into high end mode and just gone head to head with him on it. And I said, you know, people want to talk. And I would have probably told Putin what people think about him in America, that a lot of people really like him. They think he's Russia first. They don't think he's a black hat. They think that he's trying to do the right thing for his own country. Not that everything he's done, you know, do we think he's perfect in everything he's ever done? No, absolutely not. But at the end of the day, my opinion is that obviously this was a disruptive event. It doesn't surprise me that Zelensky and his forces are desperate. And I'm going to show you why here in a minute. George, let's put up media three because I'd like people to see the parking garage and the weapon right. were. I want to, yeah. yeah, before I want to bring this up so people can yeah. understand something. If yeah. you look at the pipe bomb that they had at J6, they had <laughs> yeah. that little clock timer that was for an hour. Okay, that yeah. you only can set it for an hour, which was fake anyway. Well, when we show you this bomb, you're going to see that it's hooked up to a cell phone. Whereas all you yeah, got to do is, is. This is a real, you this is what a real is, device. Yeah. yeah. All, you gotta, all yeah. I got to do is dial that phone and trigger it to boom. Yeah. Yeah, put so, it up. so so and George makes a great point. The J6 bomb was a prop. It was set 17 hours prior with a one-hour kitchen timer. This device is a real device, and the fact that we're looking at a block of explosives, Semtex is what I believe it is, based on some of the descriptions I found on some of the foreign news sites. The cell phone is a trigger, and what you see is the cell phone is gonna, you know, through its battery will trigger a, a blasting cap. It's embedded on the end of the device, and the triggering device is a cell phone. Now, I don't know. He has two cell phones there. Maybe one of the cell phones was a phone, his personal phone. Maybe he had a backup phone. Sometimes they'll trigger a device, a device with two different phones in case one's lost or damaged to make it effective. But this is not a joke. But we go on and on, and we keep telling you guys on the show that Ukraine is a grift. The Ukraine grift We've told you it's a money laundering operation. We told you that Zelensky has 1.63 billion, with a B, dollars in offshore accounts in the Gulf right now. I got that from somebody high up at the NSA. They've identified those accounts. It's a fact. No, Biden's not going after it. He also owns a $35 million mansion in Miami. He just bought a $17 million penthouse condo in Dubai. He paid almost $9 million for his parents' house in Rizpan, Israel, he's bought uh, in, he's bought in excess of $18 million worth of cars and vehicles, and I'm talking high-end automobiles. He's paying himself over a million dollars a month in salary for Ukraine. To put that in comparison, look what our own U.S. president of, gets. Of your money, tax money, not mine. Yeah. I don't pay yeah. he's, bought, he's bought money in Switzerland. He's bought money in Abu Dhabi. Don't underestimate the amount of laundering that's going on and how much money he's stealing. At the end of the game, it's over with already. He's just trying to push to get more money. And I believe our own politicians are benefiting. There's been lots of stories. But George, here's a former head of a Ukrainian regional military recruitment office. Just got caught with a million dollars USD in a shoebox. Mm. Okay, That's your that tax money, everybody. Your tax so money. So you guys, what they're doing in this footage that George is going to play for the people that are going to be listening to us on an audio podcast, they're basically on the video uh, cutting open a shoebox full of currency. George, go ahead and play the video for our uh, viewers. Подрезиночку. Подрезиночку взяли. 
Franklin there on, on those, those bills. That, that that looks like American currency there. It does. Yeah. But why, you have to ask now, Carrie, why would they have American currency? Or, I know they give us, I know Biden administration is giving our money away to them electronically, but is he giving pallets of cash like his, um like Obama did with Iran? What's going on? Why, anybody? Stop being paranoid. Who? Me? Yeah. <laughs> Conspiracy yeah. theorists? Our, Come you know, on. It's incredible. The weapons that we've supplied to Ukraine are ending up on the black market. They're ending up in the hands of cartels. Yeah. Just like the weapons that came out of Afghanistan. Lance, don't tell them what I got you for Christmas. Don't, don't exactly. I can't, okay. I can't tell anybody. <laughs> on the DL, we got it off the dark web. You can imagine what we got. It's awesome. Here's well, and I wouldn't be surprised to see some... I, I'm not explored it enough, um, but you know, I, I, this stuff always ends up connected, right? It, it, any, any scam, any of this kind of crap. I think that there, some of this is kind of funding some of this illegal alien stuff coming across, you know, because these well, guys are coming. Here's what I'll tell you. Know, you. These guys coming from from that that region over here too. Black budgets, dark yeah. budgets. They're an unlimited resource. We know that the Pentagon, right before that missile struck, not a plane. 9-11, it was not a plane, it was a missile. I'll go on the record saying that again and again and again. They were missing $2.2 trillion. They're missing trillions of dollars. There are billions of dollars in unaccounted budgets. I believe those all go into the dark money and funding budgets. Let's face it, it's a fiat currency. They just print as yeah. much as they need. They throw it on a pallet. Uh, this is not the first Ukrainian individual that's been caught with large amounts of cash. Right. We've had multiple individuals caught with cash, but of course, uh, you How know, much cash haven't they caught people with? That's the other question. Yeah, well, that's his yeah, wife's gone on. Caught, right? His wife's gone on, you know, uh, shopping sprees. That I understand where she spent over a million dollars on shopping sprees on jewelry and high end uh, luxury goods. There's no with, doubt. With that, our money. With our money. But, you know, arguing with people, what's incredible to me, Carrie, is arguing with people, especially. I want to say far-leaning liberals, they want to act yes. like this isn't happening. You show them the shoebox, you show them the explosive device from Ukraine trying to kill an American journalist, you show them the properties in Rizban, Israel, you show them the properties in, in Switzerland, we've showed all that on the show, and what we get is a bunch of people uh, just like Media 5. George. Oh, yeah. We're going to end on this. I mean, arguing with a liberal. Here, here's some education for you guys. Kevin Bacon wasn't in Footloose. What? Of course he was. No, he wasn't. You lose. Of course he was. He was the star. Nope, he... you're wrong. Look it up. I don't have to look it up. It's common knowledge. Nope. He was on the nope. cover of nope. People Magazine. No. When the movie no. came, everyone no. knows Kevin no. Bacon was a star no. of Footloose. No, It was no. a huge movie. No. He was the no. lead. No, 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 no. That looked like AOC. You didn't tell me we had AOC was in that. So yeah. welcome, welcome to my world with gun control. Yeah. So at the end of the day, as you guys know, if you like the show, thumbs up, like, comment. If you have some ideas for some guests, please provide those. You know, we're always interested in expanding the vision of the show. Uh, it doesn't matter whether it's in the music industry, the movie industry, the book uh, authors. We love all those people. So if you have some people you'd like to see on the show, we'll reach out and try to get them on. Uh, we've asked political people from the left to come on. Of course, they have refused or they don't respond at all. Of course, because that's what cowards do. Yeah, uh, you know we're the tip of the spear here, and you know that we want to educate the planet and unify it. Now, don't forget, you can find us on Rumble. 
You can find us on Locals. Don't forget to subscribe. If you can do a paid subscription, great. You can also do a paid subscription over on the Big MIG show on uh, X. You can find G. Ballantini on X. You can find the Big MIG show and Lance Miliacho on X. Please follow us. Uh, take the content. Share it with your friends. And, of course, on all the other platforms, it's George Ballantine, Lance Miliacho, and the Big MIG. And don't forget our sponsors. Head over to See a Mud and use the Big MIG all caps, to get 15% on off on any order. George, what else you got for us on our way out of here, buddy? Oh, and don't forget, huh? we have a gift send go. George, the We have to talk about Eugene Carroll. Oh, we didn't. We missed that tonight. Well, you know, we're going to have to have you back. He's a lying, <laughs> dirty whore that makes legitimate victims look bad. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. Exactly. Uh, there you go. Wrapped up in one comment, Eugene Carroll. George. You want uh, to take us out? Sure. Um, give, send, go. Go to, um, I think it's on the Big Mig Show account on Twitter. Lance pinned. Yep, Lance Miliacho's account on True Social and Getter. You can see it pinned there. It's for our trip coming up. Um, it's a podcast or event. Big things going yeah, whatever on. Whatever you can donate, it'd be great. We're paying for our travel expenses out of it. As you, call, as you guys know, it's a self-funded show. We rely on the generosity of our listeners and subscribers and, of course, our ever-generous host uh sponsors all George. right you all have a good night oh Appreciate wait a minute guys. before we go lance oh. shush, shush. tuesday night we have no show but wednesday night we have an interview lindsey graham will be on the show wednesday night 7 p.m eastern we'll see you then decide what sites you visit and they're only going to allow a couple thousand sites 99 percent of the web will be off limits up for your toughest jobs or your most rugged excursions. Introducing Sea of Mud Apparel, your go-to destination for clothing that embodies the relentless spirit of rural America. We were blue collar before it was cool to say you work for a living. Let your clothes speak for you. Embrace quality, comfort, and the American way. Shop now at seaofmud.com. Patriots, listen up. It's time to wake up and smell the freedom. Beard Vet Coffee is here to fuel your American spirit. This isn't just coffee. It's a battle cry in a cup, a declaration of love for the land of the free and the home of the brave. Crafted by the hands of those who've walked the walk, talked the talk, and, yeah, grown the damn beard. Vet founded, vet focused, and beard operated. This is coffee with a mission, a purpose, and a testament to the unyielding American spirit. It's a tribute to the tireless resolve that courses through the veins of our great nation. This is the taste of victory, the flavor of freedom, the coffee that stands as firm as our belief in America's destiny to lead and never to kneel. Beard Vet Coffee is more than a brand. It's a legacy steeped in the principles that make America great. It's for those who stand with pride under the stars and stripes, who uphold the values that light the torch of liberty for the world to see. So, are you ready to supercharge your day the American way? Beard Vet Coffee is not just a choice. It's a declaration of independence from mediocre mornings. Bold, 
brave, unbound, brewed for the American patriot. Beard vet coffee. Make your mornings great again. Welcome to the next generation of warfare, psychological warfare. In modern conflict, the mind is a potent weapon. Discover General Michael T. Flynn's groundbreaking guide, The Citizen's Guide to Fifth Generation Warfare. Unlock tactics, strategies, and the mindset to navigate this cognitive battlefield that we all find ourselves in. Equip yourself against manipulation and emerge unscathed. Unleash your potential. Order now.